morning. Rock Awesome A Podcast. Diagnosis Serial Normal. Or Serial Abnormal, but Serial Normal is more fun to say. So, in addition to all the serial killer documentaries, we have also, by we, I mean, Megan's been doing this and I have been... Oh, I've been doing this for years. Yeah. Is that why you became a counselor? No. Okay, so Jonestown. (coughs) Megan's been watching more documentaries that I have been privy to because I am cold still and I want to, like, cuddle on the couch and that's what she's doing and so I have to take it in too. So, there used to be a joke when I was in high school on my, I was a knowledgeable team captain, thank you very much, and, uh, nerd, my expertise used to be cults and serial killers, so, I've seen a lot of documentaries on cults, and I think they're fascinating, as do a lot of people, um, and I think they are... They're getting to be more popular and more and more people are interested in them, especially since, like, Nexium has been really big in the news and uh, Scientology, of course, has been really big in the news, so... I think it's the more overpopulation starts to stress people out, the more they want to feel better than other people, so the more they're susceptible to cult mind mentality. Well, yeah, and, and especially so many cults have a spiritual focus... And, like, a a betterment. So, like, self-help is really big. And finding something that you're spiritually connected to. So, like, when those things come together in a cult, you know, it totally makes sense. But there was, like, a cult centered around... Excuse me. Oh, my back. Oof. There's, like, a cult centered around yoga, you know? Like, the Bikram yoga. I like Bikram yoga. Okay, but, like, the Bikram... Guru guy was a cult leader, hands down. Oh, yoga's great though. Have you seen the old documentaries from History Channel and like incredible yogis or something like that? Yeah, how they can control the muscles. In I've seen one where the yogi is like next to the Ganges and he can control one half of his torso muscles. So you see him like activate and deactivate literally like half of his abs not that he has abs because he's like starving and a yogi (laughs) but the column where his abdominal muscles he can like pull out half of them on the left side and then the right side oh that's impressive i wonder what he can do with his toes those are the people that can like pull their heat out in like warm freezing towels and stuff well no wait those are chinese anyway so you were asking me about jonestown and Jonestown, of course, was just this unimaginable tragedy. I think over 900 people were killed, and like 100 of them were kiddos. And it wasn't... Yes, it was mass suicide, quote-unquote, but a lot of them were also murdered um, and forced to inject poison or were shot or various things. So, yeah. So why, so I am familiar with the jokes about Jonestown. I think mm-hmm. the cartoon Archer has the, well, it has a lot of really well-hidden jokes in it, but one of the characters walks into, like, a room where everybody's drunk and is just like, it looks like Jonestown in here, and I thought it was a band name. Ooh. Something, yeah, something about everyone just being drunk and passed out. I was like, oh, that must be the name of, like, 
I think I said that to whoever was watching with me, and they were just like, that's the cult thing where everybody drank the Kool-Aid. And I was like, that's where the phrase, drink the Kool-Aid, comes from. That's exactly where the phrase, drink the Kool-Aid, comes from. So we were watching it, and the first half of the documentary is about how great this Jones guy was. I want to know what happened to his three adopted kids. The ones that he adopted really early on in Indiana. Oh, I don't know. I'm guessing they all died. Right, so... We should should you go over the whole thing or can we just go over what happened at the end? Because I think everybody knows that by the time they were in San Francisco. Well, if you don't know, so this guy named Jim Jones started this church and he was like a mess up guy from the beginning. He was pretty abused and neglected and was seeking power and did like terrible things to his cousins. So like it was not Wait, I think I missed that part. What did he do to his cousins? I don't know, quite know if it was, I thought it was cousins, it might have also been friends, but he would, like, invite people over for Bible study and then, like, lock them in a closet and wouldn't let them leave. Oh, yeah. That's weird. Yeah. So, um, he was always seeking power and always got off on power. And so he started this church that was very much social justice focused and they did a lot of service. They did a lot of service. It's how a lot of people get other people. They connect to your basic spiritual connectivity, and then they start raping everybody and injecting people with cyanide. Well, so it got really big, especially in the counterculture movement, and um, so he was too progressive for Indiana, and people were getting giving him trouble. So then they moved to San Francisco, and then they exploded in San Francisco because a lot of people were really into this social justice uh, message. Right? Yeah, especially, I guess one of the people they interviewed was a nom vet. Yeah. They were like, feed the people! Free the people! So, the problem was, they were super successful and ran a bunch of social justice programs. The problem is that they were essentially doing that with, like, slave labor. Like, overworking these volunteers to do all these things. While also controlling them with weird shame and things. Yeah, and then he was actually, like, abusing people throughout that whole process. So there was, like, sexual abuse going on and, like, beatings as discipline and, um... Heroin and speed. He was on a cocktail of heroin and speed. Yeah. I also think, and it wasn't super in this documentary, but one of the hallmarks of cults is that they really exploit people financially and I think, like, he, in other documentaries I've seen, he got people to, like, sign over their estates to him and, like, give them all their money, which, as we know, is very problematic, and we see it a lot in, like, Scientology. Anyway, so then he started being investigated, and then they moved to Guyana, which is a small country in northern South America. Wait, so you, for, you didn't mention the part where they start getting investigated? So, also, now that I say the words heroin and speed out loud, he must have physically felt incredible mm -hmm. during all of this. I mean, for years. He must have just been running an endorphin high. So, some stories of abuse... totally fried his brain like an egg on a hot sidewalk. Oh, yeah. Some stories of abuse uh, got leaked to the press in uh, San Francisco... And so, I think it was the San Francisco, San Francisco Chronicle started running a bunch of stories, and then um, they were just calling for more and more investigations, and so then they fled to Guyana, because they didn't like all that pressure. When you say fled to Guyana, they moved how many people? 
they moved in like this was like two to three weeks where they up and moved like 800 plus people wow yeah i thought it was impressive when we moved here from spokane yeah i think they called it the people's temple agricultural project so they they did it under guise of something else but then they just became this like no holds barred straight up cult complex and he used to do like sleep deprivation like he would like it was called white nights which were like emergency announcements that everyone had to gather at the pavilion for and so he would do that at like all times of the day and everyone would scramble up to get to this pavilion to hear his message and he just kind of went unhinged so how does that he did it intentionally to sleep, to deprive people of sleep. Makes him easier to control. Why he wanted call... everyone under under his thumb. So why like... did he call them white knights if he did it at all times of the day? Well, they were like K N I, G H T. Oh, that was his code word for like an emergency message. Ugh. Yeah. I feel like sleep deprivation also makes people, like, exhausted and violent. I wouldn't necessarily say violent in this context. Oh. So then, uh, okay. So then, um, apparently word got out that people wanted to leave and they weren't being allowed to leave because it got super abusive and controlling and some people felt like they were just prisoners in this awful prison camp system because they were because they were and so then congressman representative california representative leo ryan went to go visit and while he was visiting it seemed to be going off pretty okay but then people slipped him notes saying they were being held prisoner and that they wanted to escape and then it kind of blew up and then like six or seven people decided they wanted to leave with congressman leo ryan and when they got to this tiny little airport in the middle of nowhere, uh, followers of Jonestown actually went and assassinated the congressman. And then, after that happened, they started triggering the the mass death cyanide event, which they mixed in a fruit punch drink mix. Grape. It was grape. It was grape. So, that's kind of what happened, but... Apparently a lot of people were forced to drink it at gunpoint, or the kiddos were injected with it, or people died by gunshot, so it was just mass self-destruction. So, why? I mean, it seems pretty aggressive to, like, gun down a congressman. Well, I mean, the, uh... Oh, wait, I thought, was he a representative or a congressman? Both. He wasn't a senator. Oh. Um, he was a representative. I don't know if it's... They said that he was the first, the only representative to die in the line of duty. Which, you know, Representative Gabby Giffords would have been the second, I guess. But of course she survived. Who's that? She was um, shot in the head, actually. She was... Almost assassinated. Tough pokey. Oh, yeah. Oh, Gabby Giffords is lovely. Anyway, um, 
you know, Jim Jones was really unhinged and he was also super paranoid, apparently, about all these plots to, like, take him down. And also he was, of course, as we know, abusive and really looking for that power. And he kind of acted like a dictator. And so when the pressure was too much, he just decided to implode his whole situation and unfortunately take other people with him. A lot of other people. Yeah. Which I think is... uh not uncommon for cults. I mean, they did the same thing with the Branch Dravidians in Waco. So. The one with the big fire. Yeah, and that really put the scrutiny on ATF and uh, the FBI. Okay, so what happens after this? They, they gun down the guy at the small airport. Then they just, like, go back to their big compound and start killing everybody, or... How do people find out about this? I actually... Like, three weeks later, they just show up, and it's a ghost town. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know how the news got out about... Well, some people survived, so maybe they were able to get the word out. A couple, a handful of people survived and fled into the jungle. Um, but I think this was going on simultaneously, so there was, like, a contingent of people that went to go take care of the representative, and then Jim Jones started asking his... Uh, you know, leadership structure to prepare the the Kool-Aid and administer the Kool-Aid. So I had everybody administering the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other questions? Uh... No, I guess. I didn't know that they'd gone down to South America... Yeah. And, I mean, how many of these, I feel like most of the cults start with, like, happy beginnings, and then they get all weird and crazy. Well, they totally do, because you need to get people to totally enmeshed in that system. So, like, you give them everything they want, right? Which is a sense of structure, a sense of, like, enhanced spirituality, and all this, like, wonderful perks of being in a really tight community and then you start taking things away right so then you start taking away sense of control then you start taking away um well it's just like powers and cycle the it's just like cycles of abuse right you disconnect them from their friends and family and other supportive people that could like take them away from the cult system you take away their like financial resources and you take away their independent beliefs, and then you substitute them with the beliefs of the cult. Uh, you brainwash them. So this guy didn't have any... And I guess most of them don't. And I'm not saying that you have to be specially trained to manipulate people like that. People have been doing it since the dawn of time. But Charles Manson did it with drugs. In a lot of, like, sexual abuse. Yeah. I didn't know that he was using his, like, young female cult members, he was prostituting them out to get m other males that he was targeting in the community. I didn't know that. Yep. And then he also convinced everyone that he was God. Well, yeah, but so did, um, you know, the man said, okay, so we're moving away from Jonestown. That's very unfortunate. Um, everybody ends up in South America at some point. It's very unfortunate. And what did he do? Did he drink the cyanide? No, he, um, he was found with a gunshot wound, I think in his head, 
Probably self-inflicted, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Hmm. So, which oddly enough is the same thing that Hitler did. Hitler forced all his, like, entourage to do cyanide, and then he shot it. Well, I think he bit down on a cyanide cancel and shot himself at the same time. He even killed his dog with cyanide. No. Yeah. I wonder if that's, like, a psychological... They would rather, like, do it in a violent way, or... I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess they're both kinds of violence. The guy, uh, not Romanov, Rasputin. Yeah? His story sounds very similar to Manson's story. The difference is that Rasputin, reportedly, was doing it for was doing what he was doing under the guise of true enlightenment. The problem is that his spiritual high, for a lack of a better term, ended up kind of catapulting, like it spun him into a sex addiction. Mm. And, um... Yeah, but you have the same thing. You have, like, women that are just throwing themselves at him and they're just like kneeling before him and screaming that he's Christ and he doesn't know what to do with the power that he has and he sees the regime's flaws and tries to warn people but because he's also a weirdo and a sex addict like apparently he would just take breaks from like really big important meetings to like go down the street and find a prostitute and he would do that like multiple times a day because he was engorged not engorged <laughs> engrossed well maybe he was engorged um <laughs> Maybe he was just engrossed in this really big high of his, like, seeking morality and, like, freeing women and freeing men from the idea that sex was sinful or something. Mm. So anyway, then they were just like, well, he's definitely just using these women. And then they decided to, like, poison him and shoot him and stab him and disembowel him and castrate him and drown him and all those other things. Very yeah. similar to Manson. Yeah. Um, you know, they always say that, well, back in the day, they used to think that people who got involved in cults were suffered from a mental illness or didn't have strong personalities or whatever. And what we know now is that under the right circumstances, anyone can be the victim of a cult and cult exploitation and violence. And, um, sometimes they might just catch you at a, at a weak point in your life, and sometimes it might just be exactly what you're looking for, and, like, what you thought would be a really good thing turns out to be a cult. Um, I feel like they also play on, like, inherent social survival mechanisms. Yeah, I mean, I, and what they say about cult leaders is that they're very charismatic, and, um, that, like, y like you said, there's usually, like, a higher purpose involved, um, and there are different cults for different reasons. They're not all spiritual, but a lot of them are, like, spiritual mixed with self-help and enlightenment and stuff. But then the shift actually focuses towards the cult leader. So the center of worship or the object of worship turns out to be, like, the cult leader themselves instead of, like, this other spiritual purpose. So they're like, here, conquer yourself, and when you have sufficiently conquered yourself, let give yourself to us, and then we'll just wield this, like, well-disciplined 
human person. Yeah, it's kind of like they portray themselves as the key to success. Like, you will make yourself a better person, or you will find your spiritual needs or whatever, but I'm the only one who can help you do that. So yeah. you have to be loyal to me. Sounds like bad therapy. <laughs> yeah. Like, all that work that you have to do in the in the client share... But then when you're done and you're just like, wow, I'm tired. All of that work, all of that emotional labor that I've just done. And then the therapist stands up and is like, right, now give me your house. Kind of. It's like, it would also, be a situation where the therapist is just trying to get you to like stroke their ego and like feed them. Which, if that is happening, that is a very unethical therapeutic relationship. I just want to put that out there. Bad therapist. Bad therapist. That should not be what's happening. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, oh, final thoughts on Jonestown? Um, God, you know, it was just super tragic, and I hope that, I mean, I always think it's possible that those situations can happen again, but I hope that, like, the advent of technology and this uber interconnectedness might prevent something like that from happening. So we can get more real-time news. And it's really hard for a group to be as isolated as Jonestown was. Unless you're in Idaho. Yeah, parts of Idaho. I mean, there's a lot of mountains in Idaho, and then there's lots of valleys, and you just nestle yourself in there. Right. Well, and I think, and I might get in trouble for saying this, I think the closest group we have now to Jonestown would be the FLDS cult. Because even though that cult leader, Warren Jeffs, is in prison, he's apparently still in charge and, like, running things from prison. With his 80 wives, half of which were underage. Yeah. So, and the FLDS were in... Fundamental Latter-day Saints. Yeah, they were, like, the really biggest politi polygamist offshoot of the LDS church um that apparently because they have so because they need to have a disproportionate number of women to men because they can that they control their women like sheep they um like banish the males they kick out lower status males in the community yeah bummer which is really unfortunate for them because they probably don't have avenues to be successful like they're not educated in the ways that we think, you know, they're not, they're not equipped to engage with society the way that other people are. So yeah, it's, it's, anyway, I think that would be the closest thing to Jonestown that we have now because they, they portray their leaders, Warren Jeffs, as like a prophet and that of course, as we know, is an object of worship. Hmm. So... Well, do you have any questions? Next time, Heaven's Gate. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs>